Russia has launched a massive assault in the eastern part of Ukraine. Amid the tense situation on the front line, President Zelensky brought new aid packages and support assurances from Brussels and Bucharest. You are listening to the podcast Explain Ukraine. Explain Ukraine is a podcast by Ukraine World, an English-language website about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I am chief editor of Ukraine World. I am joined by my colleagues Anastasia Heresemchuk and Daria Sinhayevska, journalist and analyst at Ukraine World, to discuss key events in and around Ukraine for the last week. Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs. Let me remind you that you can support our work at patreon.com slash ukraineworld. We provide exclusive content for our patrons. You can also support our volunteer trips to the front lines at paypal, ukraine.resisting.gmail.com. You can find these links in the description of this episode. Nastya and Daria, thank you so much for joining me in this uh, podcast and let us discuss the key events, key topics that we will be discussing today. Uh, Nastya, the floor is yours. Hello, Volodya. Hello, dear listeners. Hello, Daria. Uh, today we're going to uh, stick with our traditional divide uh, into topics related to the uh, military news and diplomatic news. So we are going to tell you about the recent developments on the front lines, as well as about Russia's continuous attacks on Ukrainian cities. On the diplomatic side of the issue, we are going to tell about the uh, very effective visit of um, Ukrainian President Zelensky to uh, Belgium, to Brussels, where he took part in numerous uh, important meetings and events. And we are also going to dwell on uh, Zelensky's visit to Romania. And we also can't help mentioning the situation in Israel, namely in terms of uh, the victims from Ukrainian side. Thank you, Nastya. And let's, let's turn into the situation uh, on the front line. We have... Uh, uh, a uh, hard, difficult situation around Avdivka. So Russians are starting a massive assault there. Uh, can you explain what is going on? Indeed, Volodya. This uh, the last week was marked with the new assault launched by Russians in the uh, Avdivka sector. It is the eastern flank of the front line, and this city is uh, close to Donetsk. Now, but before. Uh, Going directly to this part, uh, I would also like to mention the beginning of the week. Uh, so um, the beginning of the week was marked by certain advancements of Ukraine's armed forces in the southern and eastern directions. And here I'm talking about uh, Zaporizhia direction uh, and more precisely um, Melitopol sector, Melitopol direction. And I'm also talking about the uh, Bakhmut direction. Uh, so Ukraine was gradually moving forward. And on the 10th of October, uh, we found out about the news about Russia's uh, massive assault uh, in and around Avdiivka. 
Uh, so the first thing uh, which is uh, important to mention here that these actions are being taken by Russia to draw Ukrainian forces and to divert Ukrainian attention from the priority uh, directions where the counteroffensive is taking place. So the first and foremost, the most important aim is to uh, prevent Ukrainians from moving further in the areas of counteroffensive. So uh, on the 10th of October, the massive air assault and artillery shelling started. Uh, and uh, Russians, since that moment, Russians have been using all the fire means. And they also sent infantry groups in, an, in numerous account, uh, amounts. Uh, so the situation is very tense there. Um, it is also important to mention about the strategic importance of the uh, town itself. Uh, Avdivka is also called as Gates to Donetsk. And um, being under Ukrainian control, this city doesn't allow Russians use Donetsk itself as their logistic hub. Uh, so uh, if Russians manage to capture the, the town, then this problem would be solved for, for them. And that is also why it is extremely important for Ukrainians to keep the city under Ukrainian control. Um, when we are talking about the uh, the scale of attacks, um, the sources from the armed forces told about 50, 60 shellings of the town itself per day. And I want to remind that about uh, 1,500, 600 uh, residents still live in Avdivka. And when we talk about the military positions of Ukrainians, they are under Russian attacks about 500, 600 times a day. Uh, so um, since it is a very important strategic point, Ukrainians have a good defense inside the city itself. So for Russians, it's very difficult to enter the city. That is why the recent days, the tactics of Russians have changed slightly. So they're trying to encircle the city. And now the information space is full of Russian fakes and manipulations about the uh, failures of Ukrainian armed forces in in this area. Uh, so uh, Ukrainian command informed that uh, the information about Ukrainians fleeing uh, the area, giving up positions or losing the positions is fake. And it's necessary to uh, follow the official information by uh, Ukrainian military. Uh, so uh, Ukrainians are holding the front line. Ukrainians do not let Russians moving forward, but still the situation is extremely difficult and we know the price, the dear price Ukrainian military are paying for ho holding it. Uh, and um, we are going to observe what would happen and what would evolve in this direction. And the last thing I would mention, uh, would like to mention here is that some, that the spokesperson of the general staff of Ukraine uh, Kovalev, he told that Ukraine was getting ready for such an assault by Russians. So there was information about the possible uh, development of events uh, like that. So if we talk about Russian propaganda, of course, uh, we understand that there is a smoke of war. So actually, uh, it is very difficult to understand what is really going on because uh, both uh, both sides have uh, interest in not disclosing all the information. But I remember when Russians were trying to make assault on Kupyansk, and they still are very active there in Kharkiv Oblast, the Russian telegram channels were, you know, spreading the information that, yeah, Kupyansk is almost Russian, and uh, 
the next is Kharkiv, and uh, they they got, got a, they made a breakthrough through Ukrainian defense, and this was all disinformation. So nothing nothing of it has happened. So indeed, Russians are trying as they did last year. Uh, remember that last year, by the end of the year, they uh, started massive attack on Bakhmut. So they are trying to repeat this also this year, probably with other spots. But uh, the war goes on, unfortunately, tragically, and uh, Russia keeps attacking Ukrainian cities. And um, uh, tragically, also, we repeat this every week in our every weekly episode. But what happened this week, uh, Nastya? Unfortunately, we cannot um, report any changes uh, in this block of news and Russia keeps uh, attacking Ukrainian cities. Uh, again, if we talk about the frontline cities and the towns, villages, cities that are located uh, close to the Russian border, um, the situation is much more difficult here because the number of attacks, uh, of Russian attacks are excessively numerous. And Russians um, don't hesitate to use ballistic uh, missiles, Iskander, more and more often. And, uh, for example, just today uh, in the morning, uh, the city of Pokrovsk, which is in the Donetsk region, was uh, under a missile attack. And um, Russians just um, made a strike on the residential area and residential buildings were ruined. 13 people were wounded and one people, uh, one person was killed. And uh, Kaverich again was uh, attacked uh, by a ballistic missile today as well. Um, Russians, um, like he, now we observe that not only the amount of attacks is increasing, uh, the amount of damages and destructions is getting higher, especially in terms of civilian infrastructure and um, cultural and educational uh, establishments. So, for example, uh, in one of the la- latest attacks on Nikopol, the whole school was uh, was destroyed by Russian forces by their missile, and unfortunately, three people died. And uh, in Kherson, the Kherson State University was heavily damaged because of the hit uh, by of, of Russian missile. Um, Odessa, Odessa Oblast is, as usually, under um, severe Russian attention, if we can say so. So on the 7th of October, Russians used hypersonic missile Onyx. Uh, which reached, uh, which hit uh, the grain storage. So the Hunger Games are going on, unfortunately. And the guest house uh, closer to that area was also completely damaged. Damaged, And the drone attacks are also continuing. And again and again, the port infrastructure, uh, grain storage facilities are um, the main target. And uh, uh, reminding, like remembering about the Russians' aim to deprive Ukrainians of comfort, uh, conditions of living in autumn and uh, summer about the attacks on strategic infrastructure. One of such attacks took place in Kharkiv. Uh, Russians damaged the gas transportation uh, infrastructure and uh, these systems, they uh, powered uh, the uh, energy grid. Uh, So for a certain period of time, uh, people in Kharkiv were um left without electricity 
Thank you, Nastya, for this account and for this analysis. And of course, Ukraine continues to seek uh, support from abroad. And now we will turn to this page, to this side of our conversation. And let me address uh, Daria. Uh, the, the, the was visits of President Zelensky this week, very important visits. So can, can you tell us about them more? Sure, there are several events to highlight. Uh, Volodymyr Zelensky visit NATO headquarters, the NATO-Ukraine Council and the regular meeting in the Rammstein format took place. And firstly, I would like to place our locus of attention to the US-led contact group on Ukraine's defense, the so-called Rammstein format. Although it was already the 16th, it was Zelensky's first time at Rammstein. Today, I must say, we have several coalitions of capabilities that are already showing results. With each Rammstein, more and more countries are joining and strengthening each of the coalitions. And I would say the six of them are the most um, vital. That is the tank coalition, CV-90, I mean, infantry fighting vehicles, IT, uh, demining, F-16, and future force coalitions. And for example, Estonia and Luxembourg will lead a coalition to support Ukraine's IT infrastructure in protecting uh, its networks. Lithuania has taken the lead in clearing Russian mines. And the United States has joined uh, Denmark and the Netherlands, the leaders of the coalition, to build up Ukraine's air force. So the international help is vast, but we should also keep in mind that strategic powers are disseminated across Europe to secure its borders, right? So behind this or that decision to transfer weapon lies not only political will, but also capabilities. Still the day before, Germany announced handing over Patriot and Arista air defense system, Jeopard self-propelled anti-aircraft systems, and uh, in the following weeks we can witness that uh, Ukraine will receive 10 more Leopard 1A5 main battle tanks, so um, the, the support is... Um, visibly vast. And after the Rammstein meeting, Volodymyr Zelensky met with Belgian Prime Minister Alexander de Croix, who also had good news for Ukrainians. Basically, Belgium was the first country in the world to use frozen Russian assets for the benefit of Ukraine. And I guess Brussels set up um, like uh, an example by organizing fund to transfer a total of, if I'm not mistaken, 1.7 billion euros in taxes on profits earned from Russian assets. So that means that uh, the search for, you know, legal ways to use Russian frozen assets or at least interest from them, continues. So it's a good news. At the same time, a meeting of the NATO-Ukraine Council, the first at the level of defense ministers, was held at the headquarters of the NATO. And for the first time, uh, the new head of Ukraine's defense ministry, uh, Rustam Umarov, uh, was uh, greeted there. Um, and also, Ukraine handed over to Brussels the draft of the annual national program, and I must highlight that uh, the implementation of this program is the prerequisite for an invitation to membership. And I guess there is nothing left to say except to recall General Secretary Jens Stoltenberg's welcoming word that uh, Ukraine's fight is Europe's fight. Ukraine's security is Europe's security. Ukraine's values are Europe's values. And um, as he reiterated, uh, you 
European support will last as long as it is needed for Ukraine. So I guess his speech made it clear that new statements on military assistance to Ukraine from the Allies to be expected. Thank you very much, Daria, for this analysis. And indeed, these are very important events, very important uh, developments. Another important visit was to Romania, to Bucharest, where Volodymyr Zelensky met the president of Romania, uh, Klaus Johannes. Um, Nastya, can you tell us more about this? Sure. This visit was also a very important regarding the uh, solidifying international support for Ukraine and also developing the bilateral relations between Ukraine and Romania. So on the 10th of October, Ukrainian president arrived uh, in Romania where he met with his uh, Romanian counterpart. And um, the most important consequence, the most important result of this meeting is that Um, Ukraine and Romania confirmed their uh, aim at building strategic partnership by signing a common declaration. Uh, So this common declaration provides the terms of cooperation in security, economic and logistics spheres. And uh, uh, after the ceremony of signing this cooperation at the joint press conference, the president of Romania told a very important thing that uh, that breathed, that outlines uh, the Romanian stance towards Ukraine and uh, Russian-Ukrainian war. Uh, so he uh, told that supporting Ukraine is uh, Romanian is in Romanian strategic interests. Uh, so it's not just a symbolic, uh, these are not just symbolic words or just symbolic actions. Um, this is a real strategic aim, strategic interest of uh, this state. Uh, there were another uh, important developments in this regard, and um, there are important agreements Uh, in the uh, spheres of key Ukrainian interests. And here I'm talking about the grain exports. So uh, as for as of now, Romania is exporting, um, through Romania, 60% of Ukrainian grain exports is going on. And uh, Romania ag- agreed to double the capacity of these exports. So here we see that the actions to strengthen the grain corridor, the alternative routes, uh, are taking place. And uh, the Ukrainian president also emphasized that Moldova and Romania will uh, become uh, the uh, hub, the leader of, uh, in terms of exports of Ukrainian grain. And it's also worth mentioning, uh, it's also important to mention the military aid aspect here. Uh, so as it was agreed, Romania is going to create the center, the, uh, the training center for Ukrainian pilots uh, to conduct the training on F-16 when they will be, uh, when they are delivered uh, to the country. So the presidents agreed to accelerate uh, the creation of this center and uh, to accelerate the process of training. And the final but not uh, less important point here is that Romania expressed its full support to the beginning of negotiations on uh, the EU membership of Ukraine and Moldova, and he supports the idea of starting these negotiations by the end of 2023. 
Thank you indeed. This is a, a very important uh, direction. And the grain exports are obviously, and the cooperation in the Black Sea are hugely important right now, not only for Ukraine, but also for the whole world. And the last topic for today is uh, is Middle East. We see this horror tragedy of the Hamas attack on Israel. And uh, the whole world is looking at this. And uh, there is also in Ukraine a big reaction on this. And if you want to learn more, you can check the analysis by Anastasia Herasimchuk made for our Patreon uh, subscribers. This analysis was just uh, published on uh, on our Patreon account for our subscribers, and it digs into the way how Ukraine uh, official Ukraine reacted to this uh, terroristic, hor- hor- uh, horrifying terroristic attack. At the same time, there are certain elements, the certain Ukrainian elements in this attack, and I would like to ask Daria to tell us more about this. Uh, yes, it's known that the Israeli Defense Forces have already announced that they are launching a full-scale offensive against the Gaza Strip with the destruction of Hamas leaders as a priority. But as you have said, meanwhile, Ukrainians remain in both Israel and the Gaza Strip, asking for evacuation. And the situation is particularly difficult in the Gaza Strip because, you see, Israel possesses some hubs, some transport facilities to evacuate. But when we talk about the Gaza Strip, there are no exit routes. And as uh, Ukrainian ambassador to Israel, Yevhen Kornichuk, mentioned, citizens of Ukraine might be held captive by Hamas terrorists. And as for now, residents are collecting lists and passing them on to consulate representatives. And as far as I know, the first evacuation flight for 200 people to Romania is scheduled for October uh, 14th. Ukrainian citizens will be transported to uh, neighboring countries of Ukraine, such as Moldova, Slovakia, Poland, uh, Romania. And tragically, total number of known casualties among Ukrainian citizens is now reported seven people and nine are wounded. So we stay tuned and hope for the best. Thank you, Daria. And uh, as we see, this attack uh, also uh, has a direct relations to Ukraine, both in terms of uh, people who are killed and who are wounded and who are missing, but also in terms of the way how we are entering some kind of a gloomy period when the terrorist attacks such as this and when violence became uh, much more, maybe widespread, much more horrible than we could have imagined. Thank you, Anastasia, and thank you, Daria, for this uh, conversation. This was a podcast explaining Ukraine by ukraineworld.org. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I'm chief editor of Ukraine World. I was joined by my colleagues Anastasia Harasimchuk and Daria Sinhayevska. If you want to support our work, you can do it on patreon.com slash ukraineworld. You can also support our volunteer trips to the frontline areas at PayPal, ukraine.resisting.com. Stay with us and stand with Ukraine.